I'm going to be sharing about healing today. Healing. I'm going to be going right throughout the Bible and different verses that talk about that. I really want to talk to you today about growing in the ministry of healing. You know, some people think when it comes to healing, it's either something that you do or something that you don't do. But Jesus said that these signs will follow those who believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So it's something that you can grow in. You know, maybe as a Christian, you're not quite there yet. Maybe you've prayed for people and you haven't seen anyone healed yet. And you think, what's wrong? Uh, now, initially for me, when I started praying for people for healing, uh, I rarely saw uh, anyone healed at all for probably over a year, which was a little bit discouraging at first. I'm just going to put this down here. A little bit discouraging, as you can imagine. You know, believe I'm filled with the Spirit. Believe that God's using me. And yet, praying for people and not seeing anything for a while. And it took me to really seek God's face, to really press into his presence, to, to understand that it's something you need to grow in. You need to grow in your revelation of, of, of healing and of the fact that Jesus is a healer, amen? He is a healer. It's not you that's the healer. It's Jesus that is the healer. And so today, you know, We'll have an opportunity to pray for people if people want to come forward. We want to, if you see people on crutches, whatever you want to do. But when it comes to the ministry of healing, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit, no doubt. We know that. You must be born again, saved, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And you must desire to make disciples. I remember once I was part of a church and a guy found out about us. Uh, as our church and there was many miracles happening in the church I was at at the time and he said I'd love to have this miracle power it's a little bit like Simon the sorcerer and he said can I have that thing when you put me in the water and I come up and I do miracles I'm like what baptism you know very unusual and I said to him you've misunderstood this because we're not here just to do healing we're here to make disciples of Jesus that is the most important thing the signs follow the preaching of the gospel the signs follow Christians as they witness for Jesus right and they'll follow you as well. You might think, this is not for me. Already you're thinking, this is absolutely not for me. But I'm going to show you in his word today, this is absolutely for everyone. And for, for different ones of you, there'll be a different degree of how far you go with it. But really, it's down to you. That God doesn't limit you. Only you can limit you in this area. So, thinking about Jesus, he healed everyone. He preached the gospel. But Jesus said, in the same way that the Father sends me, so I am sending you. And a lot of people think that a lot of the gifts died with the early church. And it's such a lie. But it's, some, it's, some, it's a lie that sometimes even influences Christians today. Think, you know what, it really was just for then. But the Holy Spirit has now gone away. But we know he hasn't. We know he's still as present as ever. And so the first thing that you need to do if you want to grow in the ministry of healing, okay, is responding to revelation you need to get the revelation that jesus wants to use you for healing amen he wants to use you not just someone else so obviously matthew 28 go into all the world make disciples of all nations and then he says and surely i'm with you even till the end of the age and we're not at the end of the age yet jesus hasn't come back yet so in the same way that he was with them the same way he commissioned the followers then he commissions us now the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12 and other places, they're in operation today. And so we need to respond to the revelation. It says in James 1, that do not merely listen to the word 
and so deceives you yourself. Do what it says. So some, some of us have had a lot of teaching on healing. You've heard a lot about spiritual gifts and you've heard a lot about uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. But for some reason or another, you haven't involved yourself. A part of the reason for that is often because in, in church life, church circles, there's those with a ministry. They're, they're called, they're anointed. But I'm just me. I'm just a normal person, right? And so there's many things that you can tell yourself over time that count you, count you out of that. Um, I've, I've probably told this story a few times, but I want to I share it with you again. Um, one of the most profound healings that I've, I've seen, I've seen God heal many people, praise God, and he does it all. But there was a, a homeless woman in Cambridge and she asked me for money and I said, no, because I was, I was in, a, well, first of all, I didn't have much on me and I was going to be late for somewhere. But the Holy Spirit said to me, go back and help her. So I went back and uh, she'd been homeless for a while. I offered to pray for her. I gave her the, all the change I had, it was about three pounds, nothing more. And I prayed for her foot because she said he had a, a, an insect bite that was causing this massive infection. And God literally shrunk her foot down to normal size on the street in Cambridge. And she put her shoe back on. And she said she was so, it was so unusual, so supernatural, she was actually getting scared. <laughs> you know, if you ever get in these situations praying for people in ministry, when God shows up, because they don't always, they don't expect it to sometimes. It kind of, uh, my notes just fly away? No, we're okay. Um, it, it could be a surprise. And I prayed for her lungs and God healed her lungs as well of an issue. And then she walked off down the street and as she walked down the street, she realized her foot was still better. And she said, my foot's still better. You know, and it was an amazing miracle. One time when I was in Norwich, I think me and Hannah, we hadn't been here very long and uh, we didn't have a car yet. Um, and uh, we lived quite out of town and we get shopping on the bus. We literally go to Aldi on the bus with Faith and loads of food shopping and then just try and make it home. Um, and uh, this 13 year old boy gets on the bus with me and he's on crutches like this. He's on, and he gets on and he's just hobbling on the bus and he sits opposite me and I've got, I've got Faith, we've got all this shopping, I'm not really thinking about ministry. It's like I don't know what time it was, about six, seven o'clock at night. And God just speaks quietly to my heart and says, if you pray for him, I'll heal him. Oh, so that's responding to Revelation, okay? So I, I go over and I say, hey, I said, what did you do to your leg? And he says, oh, I've, I've injured the knee. It's gonna be like this for a little while. It's a big sprain, it's really painful. I can't put any weight on it. I said, and I just said, oh, well, I'm a Christian. Would you let me pray for you? So on the bus, as the bus is traveling through back home I say in the name of Jesus I command the pain to get out now try it out and he's like whoa no joke no joke it's better telling his friend trying to convince his friend and I, I'm like yeah it's good isn't it and, and God actually gave me a word and I said to him I said three years ago you prayed to God just completely spontaneously came out of my mouth that if you're real show me you're real I want I want to know something and it's like how do you know that Right? So this amazing encounter, he's about 13, 14 years old, and God's just really touching him. And he walks off the bus, bus normally without his, holding his crutches, right? And I said to the bus driver, did you see that? And he goes, yeah, it was my smooth driving. Oh, <laughs> he took the credit for it. The lady behind, who was my neighbor actually, said, did you see it? And she goes, yeah, he was just faking it. I was like, how are you faking it? He walked on the bus on crutches and left without them. Carnal mind can't accept the things of God. So 
So that's that's responding to revelation. So the second thing as well is acting in Christ's authority. Some people struggle with this. Some, some people think you just need to pray for people. It doesn't happen. It's not the will of God for them to be healed. Now, you've got to understand something that you're not always going to see everyone healed. I agree. But if Christ, who healed everyone, has commissioned you to preach the gospel, okay, said that he gave his disciples authority over not only devils, unclean spirits, but sickness as well. That's what it says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. He sent them out and commissioned them. And Jesus says, go and teach the world, make them disciples, just as you are my disciples, teach them everything that I have commanded you. Everything follows up to us. There's no break point, right? Even think about uh, Acts chapter 2. You know, I'll pour out my spirit, okay, on all flesh, your sons, your daughters, right? There's this generational thing that, that's come to us, but, some, but it's not always been taught about, it's not always been acknowledged. So along the way, people go on with healing in the church, and then it goes away, it comes back. And we don't want it to go away, do we? We want it to be a normal part of our Christian life, and part of your life as well. So, acting in Christ's authority. Now, as, as you heard me in those stories, I didn't just pray, oh God, please heal him, which you can do. There's no, pro there's no problem doing that. But there's something I see in the Word of God and in my practice and experience of ministry that you have authority, right? If someone was manifesting a devil here, you wouldn't just say, God, please get rid of it. You can do that, no problem. He would actually expect you to say, devil, get out. That's acting in authority. Now, if God's going to heal someone of a sickness, he's, given, he's put the authority and the power inside of you, and you release it. It's not you that heals them, it's God, but it flows through you, right? By the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's authority. You know, often when I pray for people, it's I command this to get out. I command this to get out. I speak to this. I command it to be healed. Okay. But you say, well, where's the prayer come into it? Well, of course, I'm praying to God throughout that. And I prayed to God beforehand. You know, Jesus had a life of prayer. Jesus had a life of prayer. Didn't he? he prayed all the time. And he encouraged the disciples to pray all the time as well. So it flows out of that connection. You know, Jesus came into the, the, the communion with the Holy Spirit in the same way that we can. And in that place of preparation, preparing his spirit and his heart, he then leaves and flows in authority. Think about when Jesus left the desert. You know, he went into the desert just after his baptism. Remember what happened at his baptism? The spirit descended. But he left in the power of the spirit after he was tempted and tested. So he came filled with the spirit but then he left, he came out at that time filled with, with the power. So some of you have been filled with the Spirit, but God needs to really do something in your heart and your life before you start to see the power flowing out of you. Um, and you need to ask him what it is. You know, there's, there's many different things. That's why this isn't an exhaustive list, but it's just a few things to get you thinking. So prayer is hugely important. Again, the prayer offered up uh, in faith makes a sick person well. That's what it says in James 3. So praying for people as well course but remember authority is, is a big part of um, healing fourth thing I want to highlight on my, my list of seven things is obedience you know Jesus said my sheep hear my voice and they follow me it's one thing to hear God's voice but it's another thing to actually go and follow him and do what he asks you know like I said in that gave you an example in that story you know Jesus said to me on the bus if you pray for him I'll heal him right so Jesus did the healing but if I had just got off the bus he would have never been healed 
We wouldn't have been. You know, many, many miracles are unlocked on the other side of obedience. And that's a biblical model that you see. So, so obedience, so listen closely to what God wants you to do in the moment. Don't always assume, you know, don't always just, if you get a chance to pray for people, try and listen to the voice of God for that person. He might say it's the time to pray for him. He might say it's not the time, but you always need to be obedient. So the fifth thing I want to highlight is faith. I mean, faith is crucial. You know, if you don't have faith in God, right? If you don't have faith in Jesus as the healer, if you don't have faith that he still heals today, if you don't have faith that in his word that he's commissioned you, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. You know, without faith, uh, you're not going to see God do anything. Okay. So what does faith look like? You see, in, in to highlight the book of James again, James 5.15, it says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Okay. Because the one who doubts is like a wave on the sea. And he goes on to explain how it's a double-minded double mindset that we can have if we, we're going to pray for someone, someone or something, but we don't really expect anything to happen. James says, nothing is going to happen because you're double-minded. So it says, believe and not doubt. Now, are they two things or is, that, is it two separate things? Because if you think about it, you can have lots of faith, but you can still have a little bit of, you can have doubt as well. And I've found that when you minister to people in any particular context, it's so important that when you're going to minister to them, you have to actually have faith in God and choose, literally in your heart, choose not to have doubt. Choose not to have doubt. Okay, something's going, a little voice tells you it's not going to work, it's no point, don't ever try. Just, no, right? Psalm 103 says he heals all my diseases, right? You go in assuming that he wants to heal, assuming that he's going to show up. You don't go in assuming nothing's going to happen. Does that make sense? So you go in assuming, and if God later on, after a period of time and years, and says, I'm not going to heal this person for one reason or another, then that's okay. But in the moment, we, we can't come with a, with a double-minded mindset. Does that make sense? All right, so that's faith. Um, I just want to highlight within this as well, Jesus said that the signs will follow those that believe. You know, Jesus gave the Great Commission five times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. And in, in uh, Mark chapter 16, so when he gives the Great Commission then, he says that, these signs will accompany those that believe. They'll drive out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, they'll pick up snakes with their hands, um, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. If they lay hands on the sick, they'll make them well. Okay, so laying hands on the sick, laying hands on people, the power of God can flow out of you. I don't know if I ever shared with you when I saw a seven-year-old boy receive the Spirit, and then he prayed for his mother, and literally the power of God came out of his hand and he said it felt like rocks coming out of his hand really an amazing supernatural thing and God literally grew his leg uh, his mother's leg and back out in that time so the signs follow those that believe all right so faith is so important and also six out of this list genuine love genuine love you know think about first Corinthians 13 it's right in between this whole section talk about spiritual gifts right it's right in the middle of it and Paul says, if I have not love, I'm nothing. I could do all these supernatural things. If I have not love, I'm, I'm not anything. So genuine love is so important. First Corinthians 14 one says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So you've got to have love first. Love has to be the motivation uh, for seeing God show up. It's not to make yourself look good. It's not to make yourself look powerful and mighty man of God kind of thing. It's do you love people? Jesus, you know, as you know, he had compassion on them and he healed them, right? 
So I've found that if God's really stirring some love in me for someone who's, who is sick or unwell or something, that could be a sign that he's going he's gonna to show up. But if you don't have love, I mean, if you're doing anything outside of love as a Christian, you shouldn't be doing it, full stop. But especially uh, the ministry of healing. And so lastly as well, number seven out of the list is persistency. Uh, not giving up when you don't see the results. Um, you know, think about Jesus when he is praying for the demoniac. Um, he says to the demoniac, uh, I command you to get out. But then later on, he's asking, what is your name? So even Jesus had a time, it seemed, when he didn't actually get the instant result he was looking for. He needed to go a bit further with another trail of thought. I remember a minister that I know, he, um, he, there was a, there was a girl, a teenage girl, and she was really ill in bed, part of this ministry thing, really, really ill in bed, paralyzed, absolutely no idea what was wrong with her, Do doctors couldn't figure it out. Everyone in this ministry came along and they were casting out the demon of this, the demon of that, speaking this and they speaking that. And he just sat down by her bed and said, Holy Spirit, can you please tell me what's wrong with her? And the Holy Spirit said to him, ask her what she's been eating. And it turned out that she'd been eating really bad fast food from a dodgy place for the last several months, three times a day, and her nervous system just shut down. You just changed what she was eating. Three, two, two, three days later, she was fine. So you could see, you could have given up. You could have, people could have gone, well, you know, it's, got, it's not God's will to heal her. It's not God's will, you know, we tried. But the Holy Spirit says, try again, try again, try again. With many people that have been healed after a long period of time, it's often, they, they might have been prayed for many, many times. I think it's actually harder sometimes to see I'm not going to speak this into being by the way by saying this I think sometimes it's harder to see people in the church healed than it is people who are non-christians I think there's many spiritual dynamics going on but oftentimes people go you know what I've been prayed for already it's not going to work those mindsets go up right the, the doubt mindsets go up whereas someone on the street who is just meeting you for the first time goes yeah give it a go give it a go what have we got to lose right and there's there's, there's a difference type of receptivity um, but you must be persistent if you don't see someone healed on the spot doesn't mean they're not going to wake up healed in the morning in fact there's been many times I've, I've prayed for people and it's only later on that I found out that they were healed so I could have told myself I've not seen anything healed nothing's going right but I found out later that they did and in fact some of them told me or it came second hand last story I'll share with you um, in my last church there was a woman, she had 14 years of back pain, Christian woman, 14 years. And I was leading worship that morning uh, and they went into some ministry time. Sorry, I'm squinting so much. I'm like, sunrise in my eyes. <laughs> she, she, went, she came forward for ministry and I gave a word, I, gave, I felt right to give her a word of knowledge. Is there someone here who has really bad back pain on the lower left side? And she's in the prayer queue. She's next to get prayed for. She's next in this prayer queue. And she, and she waves and says, yes. And I said, I think it's going to be your day today. And she smiles. And she got healed of back pain. Okay. Now, I gave a word to her. It was only about three weeks late because I didn't see her for three weeks. I said, what happened when you got prayed for that day? And she goes, I got healed. 14 years of back pain went. I'm thinking, why didn't you tell me? You know, people don't always do that. Sometimes you need to go and chase it up. You need to find it out. Think about when Jesus healed the 10 lepers, and was it one or two came back? I can't remember. One, just the one. 
Yeah. Just one came back. So, you know, you just follow what Jesus says. You do what he asks you to do. He's going to show up. Amen. So don't count yourself out. Persistency. Persistency is so important. I just want to read this last verse to you. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and persistent in prayer. That's Romans 12. Verses 11 through 2. So you've got to keep your fervor alive. You've got to keep positive. You know, you're not seeing results. Doesn't mean it's not coming. Doesn't mean it's not on the way. Doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Doesn't mean any of these things. It's just that we live in a fallen world and we're trying to see God's kingdom come. And sometimes we just got to press on a little bit more to see what God wants to really do. Amen. So let's just, should we respond to that? Should we just stand and let me just pray for you? Is that okay? And if you need healing in your body as well, we'll pray for that or in your mind, or in your soul, your emotions. God's the healer of all, of all parts of us, every part of us. And he wants to use you. You know, I don't, need to, I don't need to commission you today for healing. You've already been commissioned by Jesus. You've already got authority from him to do the works that he's called you to do because his spirit is in you.